Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 219. It's like a baby holding an anaconda in some buns with an apple in its hand. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, John Richards. Hello, listener. And to my right, Anne. Anne. That's what it says on your microphone. Says Anne. Says, says your, Anne. Says your name is Anne Three Triple R. Apparently, your name is Anne Ouncer. Anne Ouncer. Anne Ouncer. An answer what? Brett Cropley. <laughs> Good evening, viewers. <laughs> and uh, that's what you can expect. crack, I believe that is. <laughs> it's a very special crack. That's why Joe Kerner apparently got arrested because of the cost. <laughs> This is an ancient joke. Cops apparently found uh, five kilos of crack under a dress. That's what the joke was. Oh, that's quite rude. Yeah. yeah. yeah, that, yeah was. That, is, that was back when she was premier. Right. Now she's just a person you've insulted for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, should I state up front that we seem to all be doing this episode of Box Cutters on very little sleep? Oh, no, no, I've, I've had sleep. I just don't care. Oh. <laughs> it's oh, quite different. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, my eyes have come red just out of sympathy for you two. Yeah, because you two boys are red, red-eyed, and, and yeah, wrong. And somehow we've come into the studio, and it's very, very hot in here. And, uh, yeah. and, and that's just led, led to craziness before the show has yeah. started. Yeah. I, I think Imagine it was what's because we, it was so hot in here that we did take off all our clothes, yeah. which is a very special treat for the video podcast viewers. <laughs> Except that there is no video. Don't don't let Josh get funky again. You know what else? Stop swinging that thing at the camera. You know what else is a, a very special treat for uh, for all all listeners of Box Cutters? Tell me, Josh. Well, being all about television, yeah. Being situated in Australia, yes. Having talked quite a lot about Media Watch, ah, yes. We have as a guest the new executive producer of Media Watch. Coming into the studio and then going back to her place in Sydney to call us on the phone last Friday. On her very quiet phone. <laughs> oh, it's, it's a little wibbly-wobbly-timey-wimey. It is, it it? Is, it's a whole space-time continuum thing, but we will speak to Lynn Buckfield, uh, new executive producer of Media Watch. She starts her uh, run on the show in a couple of weeks. Right, not, that, not that Lynn Buckfield that used to be uh, lead singer of the Electric Pandas. Yes! <laughs> no! Yes! No. Yes, the very same. Oh, it's going to be exciting talking to her about that, isn't it? No. Well, we, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't mention that because that's not what we're interviewing her about. That's not germane to what we, what the interview is about. But no, if you no, tune into no. our Electric Pandas podcast, you'll be able to hear that it's, interview. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not not that she said one single freaking question about those freaking Electric Pandas, and I'm out of here. She wasn't. <laughs> she, she was not at all. Precious like that. No, but, but I, I, I like the idea that, A, I think we're the first, uh, let's call us media organisation, to uh, to have an interview with her as executive producer of Media Watch. Uh, I say that. I have no facts to, to base that on whatsoever. No, who needs them? Not me. Yeah, Media Watch will pick you up if you're wrong. There's, they will. We're the first. <laughs> we are the first. There's been reportage that uh, she's taking over from Pacini, but no ev- less. Every, uh, not the composer... Or the mushroom? Uh-huh. No, Joe Pacini, the former executive producer of uh, of, of of Media Watch, the That's recently it. former producer, executive producer. Yeah, of yeah, Media recently Watch. former. Yes, yes. The, who's the current, gone on the to, uh, former. to uh, Late Line? Correct. Uh, and uh, and an Electric Pandas tribute act. 
Which is kind of weird. That's what he's got onto. Hey, don't they all? Yeah. I think we're also the first that doesn't mention in the interview, because we've ruined that whole thing now, that she was lead singer of Electric Pandas. Because I think it's important that she be known for her extensive body of work in the media Given. rather than uh, I, rather than as lead singer of her. Yeah, I know. I really wish I hadn't brought it up now because it's stupid. We've just spent so much time talking about it. I know. Dismissing this, this woman's actual achievement of being, you know, media arch. Uh, which we will, of course, hear about later on. But you, we will. Given, and, and also, I don't think Friday. we mentioned this either, uh, uh, she's a five-time Walkley winner. Yes. Yes. We didn't talk to her about that either. Because no. <laughs> I, I don't like to, I don't like to dwell on the past. We talked to her a lot about how scared she is uh, about her impending future. It's a great interview. I asked questions that just confused her. I just love the fact that I didn't do my research can turn into, I don't like to dwell on the past. Hey, hey you <laughs> know what? should not be dwelt upon. You know what, John Richards? I turned up. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I knew that she was, she was from that band that shall not henceforth be named. Be named. <laughs> um, but, but felt it uh, professional not to mention it. See, when I say I'm looking forward to hearing the interview, that's because I didn't show up. So I really am looking forward to hearing it. <laughs> and uh, also later on in the show, I'm reviewing Spartacus. No, no, no. I'm reviewing Spartacus. I'm reviewing Spartacus. So oh. it's, you don't have to deny all the others. It's just, yes, he's Spartacus. I'm Spartacus. Oh, You're uh, Spartacus. Right. We're all Spartacus. Hopefully, they won't kill us all. But they did. Oh, oh. And History. that's the end of the show. Uh, we're reviewing the new show from the AMC Network uh, in the US called Spartacus Blood and Sand. Apparently, it's AMC been- Network. Really? Yeah, it's on AMC. No, it's, it's stars. That where stars it's from is? stars. Oh, sorry, stars. It's yes. from stars. Oh, sorry, stars. I was watching stars. something else from AMC the other day, and I got them confused. Yeah, no, it's stars. Because I, I always remember that woman from the end of the uh, uh, Party Down credits. Next week on stars. Stars. <laughs> yes, on the uh, Stars Network in the US, and apparently going to be on Channel Seven. Although, according to Wikipedia, yeah, can't although trust according anything. to Wikipedia, it's already started. If the show has started, please let us know because <laughs> we've uh, we found nothing about it. Uh, so yes, Spartacus Blood and Sand, we'll be reviewing that later on in the show. Uh, we've got one thing, we've got some pork, as always though. We're going to kick things off with the Box Cutters News. And now for the news. Starting off with deaths, as we tend to oh. in the uh, in, in the box cutters news, uh, Dixie Carter, the uh, the actress, probably best known for her TV role uh, as the lead on Designing Women, uh, but also oh, the short brunette, uh, no, uh, the taller brunette, not bleach blonde, no, because that's blonde. Yes, uh, she she also uh, she also played. I would have said two of the others would have been the the lead in that. She also played uh, Arnold and Willis's uh, adopted stepmother in the later seasons of Different Strokes. Uh, she passed away after uh, after uh, struggling with cancer. She was seventy. Did she also come in at that point with the younger white brother in Different Strokes? Yes, yes, she was. That so that boy's was supposed to be mother. his mother. Yes, she would have been a lot older than him. Mothers generally are older than yeah. this. Yeah, but but I'm I'm thinking and I'm doing some quick maths in my head. If she was seventy when she died, uh, yeah, okay, no, nah, that's all right. Uh, yes. So that's the uh, that, that's the uh, celebrity death uh, news. She was uh, she married to Hal Holbrook. 
mid thirties when she <laughs> that little kid with the bowl cut. <sighs> oh, Brett. He was so annoying. You really know how to make something insignificant. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't know who she is, so I, I was just going to say nothing. Did you never see Designing Women? No, I, I don't think I've ever heard of Designing Women. I, I don't know what it is. Set in the South? Right. Sitcom? It was, it was, it was a sitcom, but it was a, a sitcom that really so, did a, a lot for women's go. rights on sitcoms. <laughs> uh, as, as far as... It was a sitcom. All the leads were female, uh, and it was about uh, three women who ran... Uh, who ran an interior design business? Okay, uh, and was you know it did a lot about women in the workplace and women running their own businesses and being taken seriously, uh, but in a sitcom with a laugh track, uh, and and it went for for years and years and years. Okay. Uh, also, uh, uh, also had Annie Potts in it, uh, and uh, Delta Burke, who you may know as former Miss America, Delta Burke, who is the shorter brunette that you were thinking of, Brett. Uh, but not the blonde, because she was neither of the brunettes. No, the, the blonde the was... The blonde I'm thinking was, was the mother of uh, uh, Samantha in Samantha Who? Just recently. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find out more about this. Because uh-huh. you know, so- I, know, I know that the, the, that the mother did play the president's wife in uh, a series of 24... Right. So, sorry, sorry, that, 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 sorry, that woman, the blonde, yes. did play the president's wife Samantha in a series of uh, 24. Sometimes I bump into people and they say, you know, I listen to that podcast and you guys just know so much about television and some weeks we just don't. And I think this is one of them. Uh, does she look familiar? Can you see the screen there? Uh, well, it's Mel Marcos, isn't it? <laughs> oh, she's she's really a bit shiny it's and a bit of uh, stretched. A little bit of plastic surgery before the end. Right. Uh, anyway. <laughs> anyway, should, should we go to other news? Yeah, I just do. can't look please away. Do. Oh, she had a, a guest role in Desperate Housewives. Right. In, uh, As Imelda Marcos. In uh, news that we have to cover because we've covered every other aspect of this story and now there's a, a new part to it, David Cross said in an interview with the uh, website tvsquad.com that there is probably not going to be an Arrested Development movie. So this is different from all those times we reported that there might be one, but there isn't. Yes. This is that there isn't. It's just because this, this is, that is so freaking self-involved <laughs> and selfish. That this, this is that there, uh, there, there probably wouldn't be. Uh, he, <laughs> he says in very strange English, I think what I will tell you, it's not going to happen. It's not official, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Way too much time it's been. <laughs> well, that, that's because he was probably translated into another language and back again. Uh, no, I think it's because David Cross has just started speaking like Yoda. <laughs> it's bizarre. It's bizarre. So yes, we, we have to cover that because we've, uh, we've covered it so much uh, elsewhere. Also, uh, Lucasfilm have announced that they're going to make a Star Wars comedy animated series. Oh, animated. Yes. So, See, yeah, other people would have picked up Star Wars and comedy together as the old thing there, but no, you've got for animated. No, because no, I'm sure they've done that. Didn't they have a, a very Ewok Christmas there was or the, something? There, there is a there Star Wars Christmas special, that, which that officially, they never speak officially of. does not exist. So, uh, yes, if you choose to watch it on YouTube, <laughs> YouTube it, it's not there. It's, it doesn't exist, apparently. Lucas says it doesn't exist, even though um, Boba no, Fett actually turned up originally in the, in the Christmas special. That was serious event television. I remember being in my dressing gown watching that at my dad's place. 
and watching Princess Leia sing uh, Love Day theme or whatever. Uh, honestly, go to YouTube. Lo- I, 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 think, um, it's, I B- think it's Love Day theme. And she is off her mind. She is peeking on something. And B, B- Arthur plays the uh, the bartender at the, <laughs> she, at the cantina. She does. <laughs> she does indeed. I'm not even making that up. I know. It's funny. Last time we talked about this, we said we really should do a segment on this one. <laughs> yeah, we really should. Uh the uh, the included in the uh, uh, creative team are the guys who make robot chicken. So George Lucas is obviously gone. These people know how to make Star Wars funny. Let's uh, let's because they did was too. Star Wars as robot chicken. But hasn't Lucas been quite? I mean, I thought he was quite anti the comedy when it came to his universe. No, before. it's just he has no sense of humor. Well, that too. I thought that was yeah. Yeah, I, I, th- I think that's it. I think it's just he has no sense of humor. So has he just been talked into it for the money then or something? Because I know before he's been very down on him oh, trying to... I, look, I wouldn't, say, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far as say George Lucas is only doing things for the money. Do you think... <laughs> do you think and, and, and this was definitely a, a point of, of conversation coming up to the release of episode one, The Phantom Menace. Do you think that people are still saying to George, we're, we're just waiting for episode... Uh, seven and eight and nine, nine. and when you're going to make it? And he's just thinking, uh, "Screw these nerds! I, I'll let them do it." A cartoon, and hopefully I, I they'll stop, I mean, I, stop I'd harassing heard, me. I'd heard the last animated series was generally thought to be better than those more recent three movies. So maybe he's I, just I decided this is where the world. I didn't much like the animation style, so I didn't stick with it. But apparently, the story was really good. Right. Uh, probably because he had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Also, off the back of that, um, it, it came out that uh, he. He really, really, really did not care for directing actors, and and uh, you know, in in his perfect world, he wouldn't actually have to work with people with real bodies. So the animation is just drawings on on uh, a computer screen or whatever. So he doesn't have to work with the actors. He can just he's happy with that. Give it to to uh, his ILM people mm-hmm. and say make it look like that. And he doesn't have to deal with any of those temperaments or expressing himself properly to them or whatever it is that he's got against actually directing people. people. Yeah. So when could one see such a thing, Josh? Is there a date for it to exist or is it just a concept? Uh, it's just a concept at the moment and they're developing the concept further. Right. Uh, yeah, there's no date. It's just been announced, but it's gone all over the web. People going, oh, my God, it's going to be a comedy. A comedy? Yes, a comedy. a comedy. Animation. A deliberate one. Hey, speaking of uh, concepts and news that we're only covering because we've covered it endlessly before. <laughs> yes. Uh, IINet. <laughs> IINet's doing internet television. Hang on. Didn't you do that story months ago? Yeah, yeah we did. It's in the paper today. I, I, I'm not re- I, I can't remember what uh, the difference is. They've, they've signed a deal with Fetch TV, which but, we've, we've discussed But we, we discussed Fetch TV as well. Or did yeah. we not discuss them together? Is that what, is that what the difference is? I, well, I can tell you just randomly I happen to, <laughs> to have read an article uh, just last night that I, I'd picked up uh, last week. Um, and I'm not sure if either of you guys have picked up on this, but... Uh, I believe Fetch TV are talking about bidding for the rights to AFL. Didn't we cover that as well? Uh, we or did we not? I know that Shane Box could have sent us an email about that. Ah. Uh, while I was away, and so, so I maybe. don't think I don't think we did cover it, but okay. I think we all thought we covered it. It's kind of yes. There's all these bits of stories which seem to have collided into each other in today's paper. So basically, Ironet has joined up with Fetch TV. It is trialling broadband television in the next month. Um, it's, 
as in IPTV? It's, yes. It's, it's, a, it's an on-demand service, though, from the sound of it. So you basically get to say, I want to watch these. So it sounds like it's going to be Which all... Which, as far as I understand, from what I've seen of the TPG trial, mm-hmm. is how it works anyway. It's not... It's not uh, there's a broadcast on, and here's the schedule, and yeah. you have to be tuned in at that particular it, time. It to sounds to this, it's like you have the ABC show. iView, doesn't it? It sounds to me like the yep. iView is just accessible on your television kind of thing. Um, and none of that will count as your monthly download, download allowance? Because they would actually have it on the server uh, that you're connected to at the ISP. So um, thankfully it's an ISP that doesn't look to double dip on uh, on usage rates. Yeah. And uh, Michael Malone, IINet chief executive, said, it's amazingly practical, but put, put simply, people will love it because it's really cool. I think it's a very important quote. I, uh, I think that's, I think that's, that's probably the, uh, the, the most correct thing anyone's <laughs> going to say about technology this year. My other favourite line here, uh, Fetch TV is backed by Malaysian billionaire T. Ananda Christian, who controls the Astro subscription group, which all sounds like he is a Bond villain in code. Astro? Astro. Astro. In capitals, too, so it's apparently an acronym. Right. Never trust a man who controls an acronym. <laughs> I don't. I don't. And uh, and lastly, in the news, and please make this news end, <laughs> because clear, this is the messiest episode we've done it in a really very long is. time. If you were wearing pants, it wouldn't be so messy, Canal. Okay. You were wearing well, why don't why don't you go with this thing, and I'll uh, I'll just get my pants on. Australians, we all to buy three D television sets. Does anyone want a three D? Te- Honestly, uh, so, I'm asking again. you. Guys. Australians do what? We can buy a three D TV set from next Monday. Do you want it? Does anyone, honestly, you listener, does anyone actually want a 3D? I'm not convinced people want 3D films. They failed the four previous times we've launched them. It's just this one time there's a big hit and now Hollywood's going, oh, let's keep doing 3D films. No one actually wants 3D films. It'll die out like it always did before. 3D televisions are available from next Monday. Samsung is uh, launching one. It'll cost you 3000 for the 40-inch set. comes with two pairs of 3D glasses. Additional glasses will cost $129 a pair. Um, how, how much? 130 bucks a pair for every every subsequent pair of 3D glasses you want to own. It does do other stuff that might be useful, including um, it's you know, got built-in internet stuff and can stream the web. And You know, you know what else has built-in internet stuff? <laughs> what? My, t- my, my computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But which, I, which costs less than $3,000, and I don't need special glasses to look at it. Then if I want to see stuff in 3D, I just look away from the screen. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know the other day we were looking at our house on, on Google Maps, you know, on, on iView, and I went, wow, it's like... like cause actually, Google Maps is on iView. So, I mean, Google Maps, sorry, Google Maps now has a, 3D, has a 3D app. You can press a button to, to, to then put glasses on to look at... Google Maps. Seriously? Really? You have yeah, to put yeah. glasses on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To look at 3D. So it's red, blue separation. Yeah, yeah. And I realised we were there looking at the outside of the building we were in as if it was in 3D. <laughs> but it's magic because it's, it's but we exactly could have just gone how outside. it looked. No, 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 no. Because it's exactly how it looked at a particular moment in history. <laughs> That's the amazing thing about it. And it's like it's really there because it's 3D. Seriously, have I missed something? Do people really want 3D televisions? I'm asking both of you now. No, they don't. No, Brett? You want a 3D telly? For me, at this point, no. Like, what content is there? <laughs> Seriously. Old, old 3D films? I, I, don't, I don't know. Hey, hang on, hang on. In Brett, was, of wax? in Brett was correct news. Yeah. Gene Smart did play the mother in Samantha Who. Ta-da! <laughs> no one wants... <laughs> you know what that reminded me of? Joe breaking out of prison when he wakes up in the hospital. <laughs> no one, no one wants a 3D television. There are... This is, this is a, a, a proof of concept gone too far. 
the whole 3D television thing. Mm-hmm. No one's going to be making 3D television content. No one needs television in 3D. No one wants to bother with glasses for 3D television. If they came out with hologram television, everyone would go, yes, that's what we've been waiting for. Like they promised us in the movies. But no, 3D television, a flat screen that just shows things in 3D. Remember years and years and years ago, and you probably won't because you grew up in the country where they only had 3D radio at the time. Uh, But Channel 7 had a 3D special uh, back in the early 80s. Saturday night with... Uh, the three, uh, three stooges. stooges, and you could get you could get your uh, your three D glasses in the Herald Sun or TV Week or something. And I don't think the Herald Sun existed. I think it was. Oh, sorry, the in Herald the Herald and the Sun, the Herald or the Sun. Probably it was probably the Sun. Were there two at one point? Yeah, oh, yeah. The Herald world. was an afternoon paper. Yeah, the Sun was the morning, morning paper, paper, and uh, and Herald was afternoon paper. It came out about two o'clock. Mm-hmm. The Money on the Gun and did, so, did a three D episode. Yes, well. yes, they did. Uh, no, no, you'll find that was. Blah, blah, blah. I was at blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I do remember blah, blah, blah doing one and, uh, yeah, and uh, telling you how to make your glasses at home if you're so cared to. Uh, and, uh, and so, you know, special events. Everyone went, oh, wow, fantastic. And then realised that uh, the whole thing about 3D was it was just gimmicky anyway and, uh, and no one really cared. Uh, and this is, this is the thing. Are we going to see sports in 3D? No. Are we going to see anything worthwhile in 3D? No. Have people gone out and bought high definition televisions? Not everyone. Why would why would people buy three D televisions before buying high, high definition? definition? Yeah, unless they really like roller coasters. You don't need glasses to see the high definition on uh, on high def TVs. It's ridiculous. In other, uh, just just quickly, in I other, we were finishing. We were finishing, uh, but then I remembered I had we something that related smart news <laughs> that, that related to uh, to your TV news. Uh, as in actual physical television news. The box. Uh, the uh, ABC iView is going to uh, be available on Sony internet-connected Blu-ray players and the new Bravia internet televisions as well. So iView will be available on your television without having to plug in any computer to, to see it. Or wear, glasses. or wear glasses. But you would have to plug in a net connection... Or have it on a wireless connection, and you'll need to have it turned on, and you'll need the sound turned up. Yes, yeah. All of that is—you don't need to have the sound turned up. You just have it, you know, low. You could plug headphones in. That's true. You could just keep it on for company because you're feeling lonely. Uh, but the the idea that catch up TV is actually coming to television is uh, is interesting, and, and that uh, I'm guessing it'll be built in somehow into. Uh, uh, into the Sony TVs. So that is physical TV news, and that, thankfully, is the box cutters news. What's Daryl whinging about this week? So tell us, Brett. Tell us, Brett Cropley. What what is Daryl Summers winking what, this, about this week? This is our hot new uh, segment on on box cutters. We've been getting so much fantastic feedback because everybody wants to know what is Daryl Summers winking about this week. Yeah, your postcards, your Morse code messages—they've just been flooding in. <laughs> I'm 
I'm just looking at the TV Tonight uh, website from our friend uh, David Knox yes. at uh, tvtonight.com.au. He, he, uh, he did an interview with, uh, with, with Daryl Summers. He had an interview with Daryl Summers. So, so it's, it's no wonder that we've got something that Daryl's whinging about <laughs> this week. <laughs> Um, and I, I haven't uh, read the, the entire thing, but uh, but part of the blurb going into it is uh, a little message for Channel 7 over why Molly, Molly Meldrum's not on the show. He's whinging about Channel 7, holding on to Molly Meldrum and not allowing him to do Hey Hey, it's Saturday on a Wednesday. Uh, sorry, actually, you know the thing I thought you were going to say that Daryl's whinging about oh, this week? Oh, is there something else? Have you actually read it? Yeah, no, no, this is actually not not from TV. In the Green Guide oh. last Thursday. Oh, there was an article about getting how, around to have his whinges. Well, listening. There was an article about how people, are, um, you know, how, how the, the resurgence of Hey Hey has, has you know, split people and a lot of people think it's a, it's a terrible bit of our past we should forget. Daryl's um, upset that people are complaining about his TV show. As well. So oh. Daryl's gone out to make an official statement that people should stop disliking. <laughs> oh, no, I think, show. I think you know, knowing Daryl as I do, uh, <laughs> I think he's fine with people disliking the show, just if they could be silent about it. Daryl's whinging about vocal dislike <laughs> of his show. Right. Not only be quiet about it, but still vote him as the write-in gold Logie winner. Thank you very much. <laughs> Hopefully, he'll get enough votes, even though he's not on the ballot, to win it. Because he's so deserving. I want this segment to go on every week. <laughs> Hi there, I'm... Miff Worst. That's better than I could do it. And I'm from Spicks and Specs, and you are listening to Box Cutters. Say that, guys. Box Cutters. Box Cutters. <laughs> Joining us now in the Box Cutters studio, I don't know where John's gone. He's just disappeared. Yes. I, I think he slipped into your uh, transporter, which you used uh, when you were overseas last ah, year. Ah, yes, yes. Or possibly Nelly. I don't even know when we're going to uh, to, to air this. We're, we're pre-recording this interview is, is basically what, what I'm saying. Uh, and that's because we have a very small window where we get a chance to speak to Lynn Buckfield, the new executive producer of Media Watch on the ABC. Lynn, welcome to Box Cutters. Oh, thanks a lot. Thanks. Hi. <laughs> you, you're lost for words. That's how excited you are. You are know, lost for I words. I am. I'm completely lost for words, and and I'm not used to uh, being interviewed. You know, so it's sort of like I'm not um, I'm not particularly verbose. You'll just have to get me started, I guess. Well, because you're usually on the uh, on the other side. You started as a as a researcher with uh, Channel Nine News, and then yeah, have... yeah, yeah. We're a nice blokey sort of rough and tumble. And um, oh, you'd learn some ropes there, mate. Mate, I learned a lot. And um, no, look, actually, to be honest, it was um, it was actually a really fantastic learning curve, and um, met some quite nice people there who who you know mentored me and stuff like that. And then I um, survived that and moved on to Channel Seven um, and worked on a program called The Times. The the excellent and short-lived The Times. I know, I know. You know, we um, there's a sort of a Times refugee group that all get together and we talk about the great old days of The Times and how we were able to be, you know, completely um, irreverent and still be journalists and have great fun with stories. But well, uh, When we were, to- we were talking to the guys from Hungry Beast... Uh, uh, when the first season started, yeah, and they referenced the times as uh, as as something that they were really looking looking to for for guidance and and what they remembered growing up watching the times as a news show. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, it was, but you know, 
the thing was we had a great youth audience and, and we were all young working on it, but we also had this incredible following in Canberra. So the pollies, it would go on the, um, the sort of uh, parliamentary uh, TV feed and they'd run it, you know, because we, we got pushed back to a later and later a time slot for Channel 7 and they'd run it during the next, the next day and loads of pollies you know, would agree to be on the program. They loved it, you know, because we were trying to do something a little bit different. So, uh, so, so having having started and, and built up something that uh, people and, and often the uh, the, the uh, targets or subjects of stories ac- absolutely loved, mm. uh, to now later in your career producing Media Watch where the subjects usually don't like it so much. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's going to be interesting, isn't it? But... Um, Hey, look, I mean, I've been at Four Corners for, you know, the better part of 10 years on and off with different stories. And um, I guess, you know, inadvertently, we've managed to annoy a few people and stir a few, you know, sort of hornet's nests up there. Um, I don't know. Everybody says that um, it's going to be hard and, you know, scary and controversial, but um, maybe I'm just um, blinkered and... A bit naive. It what? is always uh, the the person in front of the camera that uh, cops all the flack from uh, Andrew Bolts and and yeah, his look, ilk I think generally though. So you you're, you're a little bit uh, insulated from that. Yeah, look, but but I think you know it's a small team. It's 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 a really close knit team, and I've worked with Jonathan in the past at Four Corners, and I just think he is absolutely fantastic. I love his um, I love his writing. I think he's one of the best writers. In television, so he so, he does his own scripting. Yeah, yeah, and he's got a great deft touch, and um, I think it's sort of that um, Britishness as well. You know, the sort of um, he has a, a certain British boarding school humour in the <laughs> background there too. Which, um, as much as I have an Australian accent, I um, I grew up in England, so I I really appreciate it. But but that's that's something that the ABC gets a lot of criticism for as as well, isn't it? That whole English, English people. Well, that that whole English boarding school, uh, uh, we're better than everybody else, and and one-upmanship. Yeah. Well, oh, you mean what in terms of the presenters or the the people who work there? Or uh, in in terms of the the presenters and and their styles, it's uh, you know uh, on the one hand the ABC is getting lambasted for being far too left-wing and, and not, yeah. not bipartisan enough. And on the other hand, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's being criticised for... Can't sound proper. Yeah, it's being criticised for having a, an English public school, uh, you know, tie and boater. Yeah, look, I've got to say, I don't know, there's, there's pretty much also the sort of Irish Catholic mafia and the, you know, sort of country... Uh, country sort of journalists as well. Um, yeah, I, d- I don't kind of buy into that. I think it's just that, you know, Four Corners has had a, a couple of British um, reporters who have been fairly prominent. And But, yeah, no, I think it's, a, it's, it's, an, easy, it's an easy sort of mark. But uh, I think most, uh, in my experience anyway, it's a pretty diverse... Well, yeah, and, and you've and you've worked with Paul Barry as well, who who has yeah, also I been, did, the, yeah, uh, <laughs> fun, uh, who, who has been the, the uh, subject of of that kind of criticism, and he uh, he he managed to push past it really well by just being an excellent journalist. Yeah, exactly, and he, I mean, I met him at the Times, and he, um, I think he really benefited from coming from the ABC 
going into commercial TV, you know, being with crazy people like us at the times and then coming back to to the ABC and, and, and being on Media Watch as well, you know, and in the meantime writing two or three books. With uh, with, with Media Watch coming up and, and you start working there this Wednesday, mm. uh, is the following Monday your first show? No, um, fortunately I'm going to be able to shadow um, Sally Virgo, who's the supervising producer and she's a, a real Media Watch um, veteran. She's been on the program for a long time, so I'm lucky, even though I'm not going to be able to shadow Joe Pacini. Um, Sally's fantastic, so I'll just hang around, watch how it all goes down, and um, and then I think I've got a week and a half of doing that, and then I'll be putting out my first show on the 19th. Is that right? The 19th. Anyway, look, whatever yeah. it is, it's going to happen in two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> right, so strap on. <laughs> Sorry? S- strap on, strap in, get ready. Yeah, yeah, look, which is, you know what, I just think it's be- better not to think too much about all the scary bits and just get on with it. Uh, every uh, every executive producer uh, and executive producer slash presenter team mm. uh, seem to have come to Media Watch with their own uh, with their own. I, I wouldn't. Some would say barrows to push. I would just say uh, uh, things that they thought were more important than past teams thought. Right. Uh, do you have Do you have anything that your that that particularly gets your goat about the media at the moment that you uh, that that you want to investigate? Um. Look, uh, I think I'm particularly interested in, in, in the sort of changing landscape of, of media and, and the whole interface with technology and how information gets out there and, you know, how, how we sort of navigate all that space and, and understand it and try and keep track of what's going on and what people are saying and how they're saying it and, you know, whether there are any any sort of problems with that. I'm, so I'm interested in all of that. I guess I'm interested in all the technology side of things, which may be pretty boring to some other people. But I must say, I've, I kind of like the way Media Watch is going at the moment. I think it, I, I just think that Joe Pacini did such a great job. And I think that um, I'm just interested in good journalism and kind of entertaining the punters because, you know, the programs watched by a lot of journos but in the end it's the punters who you know we've got this great audience who are just rusted on and just love us i've not met a single journalist who admits to watching media watch (laughs) yeah (laughs) no look i think everybody watches it you know i I do think that they they all watch it i i certainly don't think they should get so upset about it if if and when they are on it but um but surely it's only it's only the bad ones that are going to be upset. Sorry? It's only the bad ones that are going to be upset about yeah, about exactly. this show you because know, they are getting pulled up on on their dodgy and like you know if work. you make a mistake you know you get pulled up on it well you know just take it on the chin it's just now we're going to see uh, are we going to see any of uh, the Illawarra Mercury I do remember uh, well I, I, look I, I miss that that old rag yeah I do too and and look I'm sure there's there's a lot of you know, um, would be Illawarra Mercury's out there just waiting for, you know, their their chance to shine. <laughs> well, <laughs> eager to get on. Well, now that you're, uh, you know, now, now that you're totally locked onto to box cutters, I'm I'm a bit scared because uh, our oh, yeah. uh, our, our research is is terrible. Sorry. <laughs> 
our research is terrible and our reporting is uh, is has well, never I never read been great. Something about the Eartha Kit thing is that right? Oh yeah, yeah. I totally killed Eartha Kit. Yeah. And announced announced that uh, she was dead two weeks before she actually died. <sighs> My God, Lynn, where did you read about I mean, that? How could you do that to Eartha? You know what I mean? I know, I, and I felt so bad. <laughs> I felt so bad. But then again, you know, she's left with, with, with a fantastic legacy and a great story for box cutters. Yeah, and also you got to play all her records and everything like that. So, yeah. you know, it, it, it was all good in the end. All um, of that, all the time. Did, did you also hear about John Updike, though? Sorry? Did you also hear about John Updike? No, no, I didn't. Completely randomly, I mentioned John Updike in one episode of Box Cutters. Yeah. And the next morning he died. So is this like the curse of the box cutters? It just keeps happening. It just keep, it is it, it is the you box know, cutters curse. And so you're you safe now. Yeah. You're safe because it none of our guests. It hasn't happened to any of our guests. Right, right. Thank God for that. So you've got that injection for life now. Oh. And and we're also protectors of uh, Pete Smith. <laughs> so it's box cutters you've got to uh, thank for I mean, him look, still being you know, around. I, we will be watching out for the curse of the box cutters. Oh, it's, it's, it would be, uh, yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll let you know the next time it happens. Please, I, I, please, dob yourself in. I think that's what we should actually, you know, if there was something we could do, it would be a dob yourself in. Well, Tell I, us before we find you. And it has been a, a few years now that uh, Josh and I have been particularly concerned uh, just waiting for the week that we do get pulled up on, on, our, on our dodgy work. Just waiting for the week that we do get pulled up for our dodgy work on Media Watch. Oh, look, um, you know. Uh, now... Like it, the, the spit polit- it out, spit it out, Cropley. <laughs> I'm trying to think how to word this. The politics at uh, at the station uh, have gone through uh, a number of uh, different kind of phases. Yes. Has is there now a kind of a relaxation of uh, the oversight that we saw uh, when uh, Media Watch kind of went to a point where anybody that was it, criticised on there had to shy years or. Uh, under Howard's, uh, was it was it Shire, or, or was Mark Scott just in? No, oh. no. Well, I don't. I mean, I can't really talk to that because I haven't been. I'm, I'm haven't been the uh, the the EP. But obviously, during the Jonathan Shire years, there was a, a fair amount of turmoil, and and um, you know, Media Watch was a very controversial program um, over that that period. Um, but look, I think that Mark Scott um, has. Look, I've never even met the guy, but I think that the the atmosphere at the ABC editorially is really good. We have we have really good um, editorial guidelines. They're you know they're in the process of also being updated to to take in the new changing um, media environment. You know where where journalists are having to. You know, they're tweeting, they're blogging, they're... And they're creating content for websites and yeah. for radio and for TV. Yeah, exactly. Constantly, you know, doing stuff. And, you know, I've only just recently looked at Twitter because I just thought, does my life need another sort of every second update? But You're, You were so locked in on Facebook. Sorry? You were so locked in on Facebook, <laughs> updating your status every half hour. It's just, you know, it's just crazy and and people just sort of saying stuff you know um but i think i think that um i don't think there is this real you know it's it's, it's certainly uh um a measured and i don't know i don't feel any pressure i've never felt any pressure anyway not even at four corners 
One of the criticisms that I've heard about Media Watch from uh, from a number of people in when, when I was saying, "Oh, I'm interviewing the new executive producer of Media Watch this this week," they've gone, "Ask about." And uh, and uh, some, something that's come up a, a few times is the equal weighting that stories seem to get on the uh, on the show. And obviously, you know, you can't answer to what's been happening. But yeah. do, do you think that uh, all mistakes are are equal, or is uh, an accidental typo uh, definitely not nearly as important as uh, reporting that uh, Jeff Goldblum has died? Oh, look, I think you know it's it's. An, ex- an, an accidental typo is, is, is clearly not as important unless it's because, you know, 15 journalists have lost their jobs and, and there's nobody that left to do those, you know, to pick up those mistakes or things like that. I mean, sometimes really simple mistakes um, kind of hide a more dire situation behind it. But um, I just think with Media Watch, you know, we've got 15, 13 minutes... You know, we love to get um, we. I'm saying we now. <laughs> you you got to start. You got to get used to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we love to get a, a meaty story, but we, we're also there to kind of entertain and you know bring bring some of the funny you know the funny accidental mistakes to to light as well. And and uh, you do get uh, the the special episodes like uh, just this week's, uh, which may be last week's by the time we we're listening to this, where uh, we were looking at uh, the future of newspapers and, yeah. and uh, taking in what Rupert Murdoch's doing with his uh, with his paywall on all of the News Limited sites and all that. Oh, sort of sorry, stuff. sorry, it's just really hard to hear. You then you just dropped out. Oh, it's because he said Rupert Murdoch. Oh, about the the whole. Um the, the paywall stuff. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what do I think about it? Or no, no, that th- that was in the episode. So, so oh, yeah, yeah. It was... no, no, that's right. And and look, that's a. I mean, it's a huge thing. I think Jonathan wrote a wrote his blog on on the drum about it as well. Um, but uh, just the scope that uh, that he was able to have about kind of going going from from actual. Uh, yes, yes, printed no. newspapers to what's happening online and how how different companies are doing it that sort of stuff and if there is any future um, but just just being able to have that kind of intensity for the 13 minutes yeah. and like uh, I felt like I'd been watching for five minutes and it was over yeah look and, and look and I think that that's that's sort of also Jonathan's kind of um, ability to get across a brief and and kind of you know pick out those those sort of salient points and take you across those landscapes. I think that, you know, he's, um, there's an, I mean, I sat in on an editorial meeting this week and, and there's just an incredible amount of work. How, how big is the team? Because it seems, it seems like there are more voiceover artists than there are researchers. Yeah, yeah, I think there are. I mean, it, it's, it's um, you know, we've got, we've got um, Mishra in Melbourne and then we've got uh, one, two, three... Four sort of researcher story editors and and an intern, and we have Amy who does all our web stuff. You know, so it's a really lean, tight team. So it's, and it's very close knit. You know, so so everybody has to work really, really well. And um, you know, I was just amazed at when you look at the the quality of the briefs and and indeed, I think it's sort of worth remembering. Lots of people who've gone on to work at Four Corners have come from Media Watch. 
And I'm trying to think, was it Liz Jackson who begged off hosting it uh, because it was taking up so much time, or was it somebody else? Um, well, Liz, Liz wanted to come back to... Um, to Four Corners. Come back to Four Corners. She only did a year, I think, um, which was... And, I, you know, it was a shame because she was really good, but... Yeah. Um, it's it's just one of those. It's just really interesting because the the level of re- research and the quality of the research is fantastic, you know. And they, it's a great tr- you know place to. And, and so there's uh, there, there there are no hard feelings when people uh, graduate from Media Watch and and go out into other journalism roles. I don't think so. What about when Stuart Littlemore says uh, all of these people that have come after me, they're they're just pretenders. Oh, was was there some some. Argy bargy around, like in the office there uh, around that time. Do you know? No, I look. I don't know. And 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 I mean, that's just a great thing to say, isn't it? You know, it's, just... <laughs> it's a great way to uh, to to get a headline. Yeah, it's a great way to get a For headline, Stuart. and you know, it's a, it's a great way to to kind of put some more focus on the show. So, you know, but look, I don't know. People, I guess you know, people kind of. It's a show that can make people upset, but I I think you know people are pretty pretty hard skinned in the end. I I I actually think uh, uh, people just need to suck it up a little bit more. Yeah, it's... I mean, really, seriously, you do need to suck it up a bit more. We've all got you know we we all make mistakes and we've all got something to learn. And hey, you know, unless it's really vindictive, which I just don't think it is, suck it up. Yeah, one of the great things about uh, about doing a podcast is, uh, as soon as we say something, listeners will uh, leave comments on our blog saying, oh, really? "Saying you got this wrong." So, so we kind of have our own team of media watchers. And a while back, I was talking about the the whole late night wars thing yeah. that, that was happening in in the US, uh, and I got the times and the networks completely wrong. I was completely flustered working right. without a net, I might say. But we're out by half an hour, fifteen minutes. Yeah. But, but but whatever it was, yeah. so many people have written in that you've got that wrong. These oh, really? are the times. This is what the history is. But so we've got you know we we have our own media watch. Oh God, I better not talk about anything that's actually factual. And I, let me make the disclaimer now: <laughs> if I make any mistakes, it's because I can't hear either of you, and so I'm just speaking, you know, completely blind. I'll try and speak up. Uh, yeah. Kind of kind of talking along that line. Uh, if if we're in your position, um, do do you feel any pressure that you are? the watchers, I guess, literally, is the name of the show, and you, you're watching all this other media, the pressure to be completely above reproach, or are there actually people that watch the watchers? Sorry, do I feel the pressure to be completely above reproach? Yeah, and, oh. and like, to to not do something that would lead to anybody else ending up on Media Watch. Oh, look, I, I, think, I think that we've just got to be squeaky, you know? It's a bit yeah. like, um, you know, if you're... Um, Oh, God, I can't even say that because, you know, it'll just... Um, look, I think you've just got to be squeaky clean once... <laughs> whatever your sins before, you know, you've got to be squeaky clean if you um, if you, if you want to um, examine what other people do and you've got to be absolutely, absolutely sure of your facts, yeah. Because that was something that uh, Media Watch EPs have said in the past is that they are uh, allowed to use exactly the same tactics that the people that they... Uh, they criticise you. Oh, really? And, uh, and I've found that to be 
uh, a little bit dodgy. That that particularly happened to uh, a friend of mine who was called up yeah. and uh, and wasn't told that uh, he was going to be on the record, and he's you know not a journalist. Oh, no, so look, I, I I think that you know what's off the record is off the record. You, you have to be incredibly um, oh, you have to be incredibly ethical. I just think it would be outrageous not to. You've got to give people the right of reply. You've got no. No, I, I don't think um, the fact that Media Watch does what it does means that you know um, the EP and and all the all the staff you know working on it have to have to act in a way that's absolutely beyond reproach. Ding! That's the correct answer, Lynn Buckfield. <laughs> oh, thanks. Sorry, it took me a long time to get there, but but yeah. but but that's all right. We've got time. I, I, actually, we don't have time anymore. That that brings us to the end of the. Uh, of the interview. Thank you so much for yeah, sorry, taking sorry, time out of your your, your last remaining holidays. Yeah. Uh, th- thank you so much, Lynn Buckfield, for, for coming on to, to Box Cutters. And we look forward to your tenure at Media Watch. Thank you very much. And uh, and maybe if you could uh, come back in a year or so and, and uh, you know, listen back to this episode and, and see if everything has changed. Oh, look, I, I'd look forward to that. Hopefully I haven't mucked it up too much. <laughs> Thanks so much for your time. Thank you. If I were a voiceover artist, I would do something like this. Box cutters. The place to be. I'm thinking R's, I'm thinking three. Triple R. Box cutters. And you're probably thinking to yourself, it's a good thing you're Craig McLaughlin and you're not a voiceover artist. But of course... Alan Dale was a voice artist. Alan can't be with box cutters this week, but I tell you what, I can be. And I'm Guy Pearce. Guy Pearce's good friend, Craig. (laughs) (laughs) It just doesn't stop. (laughs) Oh, Oh, Guy Pearce. You were so great when you came on the show. (laughs) Very confusing. How many of those did he do for us? It was hours, it was like, wasn't it? Yeah. He was just in the studio for hours. We went. We left. We got coffee, got some sandwiches. We've essentially got uh, three three uh, variations that are, that are very entertaining, but then also our, our series, which uh, the listeners have no idea about as yet, uh, inspired by... Uh, what's her name from uh, the original V? Oh, no, Jane Badler. Jane Badler. Jane Badler. Yes. We, we've got to try and play them all in one episode one time. To, to, yeah. yeah. Anyway. 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 Hi. So, Spartacus, Blood and Stone, as I mentioned earlier, is Blood and Sand. sand. <laughs> Bloody hell. Blood, Blood and I fell asleep during episode two. Uh, Spartacus, Blood and Sand is a new series from the Stars Network in uh, the Arr. US. Stars. Stars. Stars with a Z. With a Z. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and essentially the story follows uh, our hero, who is a, a man with no name that we, we have not been told his actual name from a village in Thrace uh, who agrees to uh, team up with the Romans to try to get rid of the goblins or something that are, <laughs> are about to attack his village. Uh, and no, the Jedi. The Jedi, yes, something, so, some some imagined people. Kill them all. Who, who look a lot like just members of Lordy. Yes, members of Lordy. He's protecting the them from Lordy. I yeah. think that's the point. Members of Lordy come. They're, they're about to, to uh, attack all of Thrace and, and the village, and uh, and so they agree to, to join up with the Romans to kill every single one of the Jedi, 
and uh, they they say, "Get I out of here." <laughs> Uh, but of, of course, the, the Romans, uh, as as we all knew with Romans, they can't be trusted. And, uh, and it wasn't so much all of the Romans; it was just the one that was uh, leading this particular uh, campaign, who who was too egotistical and uh, forward looking to want to uh, take the 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 well, stick to his word. Anyway, the the. the uh, his village, his village is is completely raised by uh, by the the Gedi slash Lordy slash goblins. Oh, it's so and raised. It's no, some I thought very, it, very oh, dark I thought it was raised by the Romans because he turned against them. No, 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 no. no. In, the because because he no, but he he they start that fight against the Romans when they go off to do the second lot. Anyway, this bit's kind of backstory. Anyway, anyway. It's, what, what, basically, uh, he gets captured by the Romans, uh, is turned into a gladiator, and. Uh, and the, uh, the a Roman senator decides that, as a gladiator, he reminds him a lot of that other Thracian, Spartacus, and so decides to call him Spartacus, even though he says, but my name is not Spartacus. Uh, so it's too late. You will be Spartacus. And that's as much like Roots as Spartacus' blood and sand gets. We should mention uh, the, the important bit from the backstory you were just telling is actually the fact that his wife has been uh, abducted and uh, uh, by, oh, yeah, yeah. By, by, I think, some Romans. Yeah. Well, she, was, she was abducted when he was taken prisoner at the same time. That's what, uh, Frankly, I think that's yeah. what you get for sleeping naked outside. Anyway, he's gone off. He's just a- after your village has been raised to the ground by... Yeah. He's been made a gladiator. He's hoping to find her at some point in the future with the help of his boss, John Hanna. I'm making it like a black exploitation film now. But, but, <laughs> but, 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 but it's not. John Hanna is really in this. So is Lucy Lawless. So is uh, Australian actor Andy Whitfield and a bunch of other Australians because apparently Thracians sound just like Australians. Also, in, in continuing the sort of Xena tradition, this takes place in that part of ancient Rome that's full of Polynesians, which... I just love these shows that just whack Polynesians. It's filmed in New Zealand, kind of ancient Greece, Polynesians. And yeah, so um, there's, there's quite a few Polynesians in this as well. There's a, there's, there's a whole lot of Maori gladiators, aren't there? There are. There's, there's a, two guys who are called the German Brothers. I don't really know how that works. Um, there's, there's, there's a lot of crazy Scottish accent work as well. And um, yeah. The accents are very distracting. <laughs> really? Yeah. It was the accents I, that were distracting I, you I with find this that, bread. I find otherwise known as Spartacus's accent not too bad. I didn't pick him as Australian while I was he's watching He's a Welsh or something originally, though, I read somewhere but, else. Uh, I grew up in Queensland, mm-hmm. um, so, so born in the UK. Um, but, uh, but his buddy in that first episode was just... To Ocker. Oh, he was randomly. Great. Sorry, I just really enjoyed that. Ah, oh, grouse, let's go hunt some. Yeah, no, he was. I actually, let's go get the cunts. Look, I mean, we should we should point out this is not a naturalistic drama. Um, no, no, it's actually done. It's comic book style. It looks a lot like Three Hundred. It looks a lot like sort of flashbacky bits in Gladiator. And it's, so I thought it was aimed at children. Well, because it, it because it looks so much like Three Hundred. It looks so much. Like, uh, do you think like, three hundred was aimed at children? Well, I don't know. I didn't. I, di- I didn't see it, but I know that ki- you know k- kids loved it. It it, it, could, it kind of had that look that it wasn't. It wasn't intended for for adults because there was little realism in it. There, there was a lot of uh, a lot of uh, blue screen CGI, blood and gore, a lot of slow motion. I think the entire first episode 
was. <laughs> and, it, and it was done particularly badly. Like the, the hyper-reality of the colours and stuff were really freaking distracting. But so once it got I. picked up and, and it had a bit more money put into the CG, I think that uh, actually picked up a lot more. It's a bit of a leap, though, to say, you know, it's not naturalistic, therefore it's for children. No, no, no. It's, it just it had this look like it was trying to appeal to to children. I thought, oh, here's a... Here's, here's a story about ancient Rome. Kids like ancient Rome. <laughs> because it doesn't. Because kids don't mind if everybody looks like they're in front of a screen. Yeah. and I, uh, and, look, I actually really like the look. I think the look's actually the best thing going for it. I, it, uh, it does have this amazing comic book but then, but then uh, I was, graphic I was novel so, style. And so then I was, I was quite surprised. I mean, graphic, sure. It, it, was, it was very, very, very violent. But then it's also very soft porny. Yeah. Yeah, and there's lots of swearing, and, mm-hmm. and so I just I don't know who this is aimed at. I know who this is aimed at. It's aimed at fifteen year olds. <laughs> it's it's for adults in the same way that the first series of Torchwood was for adults, by which it's for fifteen year olds. This is a kids right. show with tits. That's basically what this is. And, and, I, I, I'm, and bush. I'm, I'm going out of there's a tits, tits and bush and, and a bit of cock and in there flaccid, as well. Flaccid cock. Yeah, I'm going out on a limb, and I don't want you to sound like you feel like I'm I'm you know overselling this and gushing a bit. But I thought this was perfectly adequate. I think this is a. If you want to watch a gladiator show, this is a gladiator show. You know, it's like chunk, chunk, chunk. Machines cranked it out. There you go. You know. And yeah. It's, okay. And it's like, yeah, it's got everything you want. It's got betrayal and blood and and fights and and it's got heaps of mock Shakespearean acts acting and and language because that's the language they spoke back then was mock Shakespeare. And it's got. I actually <laughs> found the the insane, well, I, the insane, I the insane accents. That. I love them. I, got, thought it was, but I was, was thinking about the language and 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 this went back to uh, Charlie Brooker comment. On uh, on Deadwood mm. and saying that they wrote Deadwood the way that they did with cocksuckers and 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 all of that language because they did use it with that same regularity as they do in Deadwood but they were they were very prissy kind of they're not swear words anymore um, these days so so they they updated the the actual words but okay, it, yes, was, yep. it was still used in that with that kind of frequency mm-hmm. so I, I think that uh, you see the same sort of thing in Spartacus. Do you really think that the writers of Spartacus put that much thought into it? <laughs> Do you, well, you, you, you don't think they considered oh, I don't think they considered much Would these, the, They've got uh, two researchers would these apparently goals be, be calling people cunts so <laughs> what? They apparently have two researchers to check the historical accuracy <laughs> The uh, it's there's there's lots of sex in it. There's uh, there's there's lots of uh, of blood. There's, I do wonder. There's if... lots of uh, slow motion gladiatorial action. Ah, oh, my God! Sword bullet time. Yeah, sword but... bullet time with and there's with blood. just just massive massive clearly not realistic blood. Uh, uh, coming. What is, going, what is going on? What is that? Is that it? Is that all the time we've got? Time out. Time out. Um, Robert, uh, Robert. Coming, coming up and and like filling the background of the screen while while you've got this slow mo kind of come around so you can see the the sword going through the flesh and then moving back into real time. It's it, it, that stylism. It's it's really exciting. I I quite enjoyed it. There, like, there I, is, I don't we, mind. Really? So, so the shot because this is the sort of thing that you would not ordinarily pick up on and would make you hate the series entirely. There's there's a, a bit where fake CGI blood gets onto the camera. Yes. Did you love that? 
I enjoyed it. I Because I, 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 I would have thought that's the sort of thing that you would just hate. You would go, oh my God, that's just unrealistic. But this whole show is so, I mean, it's so ludicrously silly that I actually, I mean, this is a weird thing. I don't think it's good, but I, I enjoyed it enough. I, 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 think I think it's I watched really three episodes as, as like a it's a rollicking jaunt. It's yeah. so fun to watch. I, I was saying before, I think I watched three episodes, but I'm not sure. I either didn't watch episode two or I watched them in the wrong order. I didn't notice. <laughs> like I really genuinely couldn't tell. Mm. Um and it's yeah, it's it's not good, but it's 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 I mean Robert Tappert is down as one of the producers. I think he was also producer on, on Hercules and Xena, wasn't he? He was connected, I'm sure, in some way. And it has that Distinct shot in oh, New Zealand. I was the series creator as well. Might have been. Might have been. It, I mean, it feels like it's Hercules or Xena with nudity and more violence and swearing in it. That's, I mean, mm-hmm. that's exactly what it feels like. And if you well, are... I'll be showing f- this at six o'clock on no, Saturday night. No. And I should say, if you are a fan of half-naked, oiled, muscled guys... There is quite a bit to enjoy in this series. So, yeah, maybe I'm giving you an extra point <laughs> just because I was, yeah, I was having to go, hey, some more. Although, just, uh, maybe there's something with me in togas because I see togas and I just turn off straight away. Really? Togas, loincloths, eh, I got nothing in that. There's, there's nothing for me in a, in a show with togas. It's just a lot of a, a, a lot of people trying to act. Oh, there is. I mean, definitely, this is the kind of show you would watch it if you wanted to watch a gladiator show. If you want to watch a good show, you wouldn't watch this. Like, there's nothing else. You know, it's not going to... It's not better than the subject matter. You're watching it because you're interested in watching the subject matter. And this is on. And and yeah. watching that first episode, that... It, it really was distracting. And that's why we have the rule of three. Because... That first episode was done. I couldn't so tell any difference, poorly. in all honesty. I mean, they all they all became much of a much. Yeah, I, I saw ah. the first. I saw the first two episodes and and thought, I get this show. I really, I, I really get this show. What? I don't. You stopped. You didn't actually make it onto the third. No, I fell asleep. You see, Josh Canal. That's why you don't like it. You I did feel... not follow the rule of three. Honestly, I, I, I yeah, each I, each episode felt like it was going for five hours. I Brad. doubt very much anything will ever change in any episode. Or I mean, I think you could watch the same episode thirteen times and you think you've watched this series. I mean, yeah, honestly, it's not. You know, it's the same thing every week. But you know, hey, big muscle guys. Well, because no, by the end of the third episode, we've we've seen the first serious uh, uh, competition fight with the champion. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to kind of not be too specific. Um, See, I don't think spoilers matter with this show. I don't uh, think there are spoilers to this show. And and so I These... think at that point it it can actually start rolling with. Okay, so everything's set up and and now we can go. I was uh, I have to say that one bit that I did really like uh, was uh, was a, a concept that uh, uh, John Hannah's character and his and his wife before they have sex, actually seem to outsource. <laughs> they outsource their, their foreplay. <laughs> I was, re- I was, that, that, that was impressive. I Lucy thought, Lawless with a, with a, with a female slave and, and John Hannah with, with the lady going down on him as, as he was standing there talking to, to Lucy Lawless. There is some display sex in episode three as yes, well. In which yes. the, the, to, to impress the, uh, the lady of yeah, the... Effectively. Senator, she was she was some. Uh, she's she's so annoyingly posh and uh, this Actually, horrible wine. Those there. bits are quite a bit like dynasty, aren't they? They're kind of <laughs> like, uh, do you like my necklace? Oh, I used to have emeralds. Are they coming back? Oh, bitchy! You know, <laughs> I heard they were coming nudity. back again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, great! I'll grab, I'll pull out my old ones. Yes. <laughs> Whereas all all of those scenes just reminded me of uh, of uh, hedonism bot. From, <laughs> from Futurama. Actually, it does feel very much like that. But this is what I mean. But seriously, if, like if Lucy Wallace to... is, is trying to get it on with, with the, the toffee chick 
who has a hot body, but she's just got the worst personality ever. So, but this is the weird thing because this show is it's completely nothing this show but I didn't dislike it I quite enjoyed watching it I knew and I kind of went I'd watch it if it was on you know I don't I don't care I'm not, I don't no, remember that, who any of the characters are I, I had the choice of watching another episode of this or watching a brand new episode of Supernatural and I think I chose wisely mm, I'd probably still watch this because this has you know half naked guys <laughs> Now, John, what we what we you're, so, you're such a simple man. I know you're a I simple know. man. I do find it hilarious though, that the, we... the lead character is meant to be rough, and we know that because he's got stubble. But like every other man in the thing, he's waxed within an inch of his life. Like they're all completely shiny. You know, like we've missed the electrolysis section of the of the competition. But they weren't hairy back then. And, <laughs> and... <laughs> see, two advisors, two historical advisors, and. <laughs> There was Bush, so it wasn't it wasn't a Rome uh, style Brazilian fiasco. Bush on the ladies, yeah, but the Bush men because the, the men are also wearing hot pants. Yeah. Effectively, let's, they, let's, let's bear this in mind. They're wearing those. Tiny no, no, they're beyond hot pants. They're g-strings. Yes. They've, they've got a pouch for for the tackle in front. There's and not a, there's not a even of... a snail trail. <laughs> no. like, nothing on these guys. Just stubble on one of them. One of them gets stubble. They have to share it around. There's only enough for one. <laughs> But well, that's be- that's because he's a foreigner, and that's why he had to cut he's that fluffy hair when when he first went in uh, to to the uh, gladiator school. So, <laughs> I look forward to the spin-off celebrity gladiator school. <laughs> um, Spartacus, so you think you can gladiate? I, I I was trying to to get to this. No, sorry, John. We do. It, it's not uncommon to, for us to hear from you that that shows that we're reviewing a misogynist. You haven't you haven't really stated a point on on this one. Oh, but I, I, I would say that that women may well be completely offended and turn off it. Oh no, but historically though, his, I, historically I women, women women were nothing, and and I think that's what the researchers came up with. <laughs> the two researchers, yeah. I genuinely can't tell any of the characters apart, male or female, in this. It's like there is a whole bunch of men, <laughs> there's a whole bunch of women. I genuinely can't work out who's doing what to whom, so it was impossible to really care. Except every time you go, oh, Zena, John Hannah, he used to be famous. What's John Hannah doing in this? And um, yeah, but, so that, but every kind of... time we have a woman on screen, pretty much. That they are actually naked or topless, or they they do have or kind, of, kind of half a tiger over with with like the gauze across the nipples. <laughs> Roman um, gauze. So, so you can still see see the nipples even with Lucy Lawless, who's who looks remarkable for what is she around forty? Um, she's always yeah she's she's she, but she like it's remarkable. every time a woman's on screen it's it's in that. Kind of depiction. Lucy Lawless is, is doing the whole Lady Macbeth thing, but I guess that whole ties in with the whole mock Shakespeare kind of vibe that's There's going a, on. So it's hard to really. But genuinely, I really don't. Yeah, I, another, I don't care. Another thing that I found. <laughs> another thing that I found boring with this, and there's there's a game, and, and Brett, you'll you'll uh, I'm sure agree to this. There's, there's a game that people who like boobs play when uh, when watching a sh- when when watching a show that has that that you know is is quite likely going to have boobs, and that game is. Are we going to get to see her boobs? <laughs> <laughs> and this, it's just not fun in this show, that game. Because, am I right? Because you just know. You know, uh, wait 10 minutes, we are going to get to see Mind her you, boobs. Almost every time you do see boobs, though, it is, it is a woman uh, having a slightly harrowing moment and being really upset. Whereas all the male nudity is just kind of more fun because that's just it's just locker room, yeah, locker room, yeah. 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 So, so that is that is true. If that, they had yeah. water to be able to wet the towels, they'd be snapping <laughs> each other on the ass. 
That's episode four, I think. It's just that. And then Lucy, Law, oh, Lucy Lawless wait. buying stationery. Can we get this over with? I want to go watch it now. I, I, I just have to say that when, when that happened, that locker room scene, I just, oh, that, that's a, a refreshing eyeful of penis. <laughs> just just something, something to cleanse out all those boobs. It's only in half light. And then... Uh, oh, and, it's moodily lit. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> it is. Yeah. I, I, I think maybe that's been informed by uh, by Titus. I did read ahead. Apparently, in the episode, I think it's eight, a character comes in who has an enormous penis, and that is actually a big character defining moment. <laughs> they'll go, "Oh, his penis is very large." He makes us question ourselves in a mock Shakespeare. Well, style. you know, John John Hannah's using the sexuality of the gladiators in their near nakedness, mm-hmm. and and in fact, sec- literal sex acts. You can buy um, them as well as, as a way of uh, trying to get generate. Uh, some funding so that he can keep the gladiator school going. They're, they're, they're extremely underfunded. Yeah, he's paid too much for Spartacus. It's, it's, and he's it just is, waiting for the payoff. It is just a, a, a large parable about modern day education systems. <laughs> it's like one of those uh, uh, Judy Garland, you know, Mickey Rooney films. Let's put on a show. <laughs> That's Spartacus Blood and Sand. I think we've given it a very accurate <laughs> review. So, John, you know how, like, every week we've all got one thing to watch, uh, but then, you know, somebody forgets that this segment is in the show and forgets to... Oh, this is just because you forgot last week, isn't it? You're going to make a big thing of it this week because you felt bad because you forgot last week. I I did a big thing about it last week. Yeah. But because you forgot, I know, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm sure, whoever you don't know is on had had an issue with working 24 hours <laughs> straight over the weekend, but still has one thing. Oh, really? Oh, would watch. Does he? Yes, does he? Yes. So really? I'm sure that whoever that may be would have. Really? So, John, well, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go first this time because you guys have taken my one thing way too many times, <laughs> despite the fact that we actually have notes where we can go in and write what our things are. Anyway, hi. Uh, my name's Josh, yeah. and if I was going to watch one thing this week, it would be the final episode of Hungry Beast at 9pm on Wednesday on ABC One. Right, well, if I was watching one thing, it would be Doctor Who, which we mentioned. <laughs> what a surprise! I actually watched two weeks ago, but you can watch it legally, um, the first episode of season five, watch it legally in Australia, Friday at midnight, because you know where you're watching that, Josh? Do you know where you're watching that? Uh, at my house. Oh, well, you we, we could be, but on the ABC iView, it's premiering on the iView. It is at midnight. At midnight on the Friday, Saturday morning. You know, the do I do I have to be up at midnight? You have to, or else it won't make any sense. And you can watch that at any point on the iView from midnight Friday for two days, and then it airs on the telly on Sunday night. Right, so, so you can you can watch it two days before yeah. all of your friends who don't have the internet. So it's actually interesting. The ABC is trying this as an as an experiment. I'm, two days before on the internet. I love that. This, so it's not catch up TV. It's it's preemptive TV. It's preemptive TV. That's fantastic. So that was all that was on the wiki. Obviously, there's no no one else is watching. it. No one else has anything else to watch. So uh, we'll, well go straight into. Let me uh, just say, as the poor, perfect horses duva to the final. <laughs> you are the perfect horses duva. <laughs> Hungry beasts. Uh, a, a, a fantastic support act. I, I feel like. Uh, I'm, let's I'm, let's keep that. Let's keep that now? applause going. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic support act from uh, on uh, Channel Nine 
going for two hours from 7.30 on Wednesday night. Yes, it's Hey Hey, it's Wednesday. No, Saturday on Wednesday. Seriously? That's your one thing? Really? Uh, that's, I'm really picking that's, that as a one thing. I would check one it out thing. because... because I'm going to save up all the content for what Daryl's whinging about this week. <laughs> Next I'm sure, week. I'm sure there's going to be a dozen different things that come out of that live broadcast. And, uh, you know, friend of, friend of Box Cutters, Will Boyle, will be there. Yeah. That's, that's not enough reason to watch it. <laughs> well, what else are you doing at we'll, 7.30 on we'll, we'll Wednesday just, night? We'll just tell Wilbur we watched it. We'll just say, oh, yeah, you're, you're a great Wilbur. Oh, no, 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 I I assume that I'm having lunch with him next week. So uh, if, yeah. just tell him what else. What else do I have to do? Seven thirty on Wednesday night. Mm. Wait for half an hour for Nelly Thomas's show to start at the comedy festival. <sighs> you can still see that, but you don't have to go on Wednesday. That's, you don't. You don't have to go on Wednesday. Six nights a week. But I recommend. I recommend that you do. And Why an hour earlier on Sunday. You've only got a week left. Because she could have been a sailor. She could have been a sailor. Hey, um, when I cast my pod. It's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. Mmm, pork. Hey, hey, hey. hey uh, sitcoms, right? Yeah. yeah. Before, and yeah. I was saying how I didn't know designing women. Yeah. And you know how, how you were saying that you know, sitcoms, they, they change the times they're in, they often reflect the times they're in. I, this last week, decided to watch some episodes of WKRP in Cincinnati because yes. I loved that as a kid. Absolutely adored it. Thought I'd watch some now. Couldn't even see where the jokes were meant to be. It was yeah, odd. Yeah, just really that's odd. Hard. It's it's the same. It's the same with with, with different strokes. As uh, I mentioned earlier, different strokes was the funniest, best show around. Who'd you talk about, Willis? And now you say, where are the jokes? It's so odd. You just watch it and just everything seems strange. And you're going, I, I remember this being funny, but why is it not funny? I, I don't know. And I was actually watching episodes that were selected as. The best episodes of the first series, and yeah, right, know, and still, sad. And, sad. and still not not funny. Mm. Whereas if you go back and look at the Mad Magazine ripoff, <laughs> WKRAP in Cincinnati. Oh, hey, see what they did there? That was hilarious. Yeah. That that one was hilarious. Uh, you know, we uh, we failed to mention that Underbelly, the Golden Mile, started uh, last weekend did on uh, on Channel Nine. Aren't we all over that? Do you think anybody's going to watch it? Uh, I, I think 2.3 million people watched it on Sunday night. It must have been a, a slow Sunday night, wasn't yeah. it? Sigrid Thornton is in it, is that right? Yes. Because I saw a picture of her and she's... See, it's, uh, Underbelly is another one of those shows where you can play the game, are we going to get to see her boobs? Oh, right. But she's getting younger. It's quite alarming. There's a picture of Sigrid Thornton in the paper from Underbelly and I was going, well, hang on, she used I to be older than this. I don't understand what's going oh, on. Oh, I think a Dave, bit of airbrushing, a bit oh, really? of uh, overexposure. She's looking good. I actually think what Just they're doing is... Just the wrinkles there. Like that Coca-Cola ad that they did years ago with Jimmy Cagney and Humphrey Bogart. So <laughs> they've, gotten, they've gotten footage they've of Sigrid Thornton from Frank All the Rivers Run. Right. <laughs> From prison. And that's why and she's uh, in that, that, that uh, blousy grey <laughs> right. dress. That makes sense now. I did wonder. Yeah. yeah. And all the horses. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that, that's, how, that's how that works. Uh, I don't know if uh, I, I don't know if anybody's going to watch it. I don't know if... I mean, people are clearly into it. Uh, and Channel 9 are going to keep doing it as long as they keep making money. But what, what amazes me more than uh, Underbelly, The Golden Mile starting, is that uh, this week as well... A new series of Navy Seaboat starts. Mm-hmm. Did we even know that that show was still around? I did. Yeah. Re- really? Yeah. Correct. Did. Yeah. So, so that I, I don't viewership think of it's one horrible. Personally, I, I can watch it. I can not watch it. But people are watching it. Yeah. 
Did, did anybody watch Rescue Special Ops with cops? Uh, I don't believe they did. In fact, it might have been pulled up halfway through the first episode because it was so It's funny. So is John Hanna in... Uh, in <laughs> yeah! And on that note... That's beautiful. I say that brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 219. Honestly, thanks no, very much. I say that brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 219. <laughs> I'm Spartac. <laughs> I want to say thanks to Lynn Buckfield, the uh, excellent new executive producer of Media Watch. I say excellent. I don't know. We haven't seen her do that job yet. I'm sure she's going to be great. She's got five goddamn Walkleys. She knows what she's doing, people. This is a new Media Watch we're going to see when she starts. It is. Uh, I also want to say uh, congratulations to Ross and Deirdre, who recently had another child. Is that six now? That's 28. 28 children <laughs> to, uh, to Ross McQueen. Remember him? Remember Ross McQueen? Yes. He used to be John or uh, something. Are they still and in Nelly. the old place? And Nelly. Sorry? Are they still in the old place? Sure. Yeah? Yeah, why not? <laughs> it's, it's a really strange thing because uh, I'm, I'm doing this thing where I came across a, a Ross McQueen in Scoresby, though. Oh. If they've got 28 kids, maybe they've they've brought up a, a little paddock out there. And it is it is it is only 3. But uh yes, uh, c- congratulations to them. That's that's very exciting. It's it's always nice to hear that the box cutters family is getting bigger. Is there a special nickname for uh, the third yet? Uh I don't know. No. I don't know. The the first doesn't like it when I call him Fry. Really? So yeah. I know. I know. They it's... don't have a Zoidberg yet, do they? No, they don't have a Zoidberg yet. <laughs> I think that's it. Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if, uh, if you like this episode, and why should you? <laughs> uh, but you can become a, a fan of Box Cutters on, uh, on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com slash boxcutters. Uh, you can also buy our T-shirts there. I put a link on the Facebook page to our T-shirts. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Uh, so you can look, look there, but it's also uh, redbubble.com slash people slash boxcutters. If you want to buy them from there, they make it so. I know, I know. Oh, We're also at Box Cutters Cast on Twitter. If you want to follow us, until next week, uh, Box Cutters slash Vlog for the video podcast, and also there's a link there. Right, we we have a live stream that goes out uh, over the video, so you can see us doing this live every single week if you get the right time. Nude. You just need to find that right time. Nude. <sighs> so doing it live, and you can uh, send us messages on on the uh, this, the message box on the side of that uh, video screen. What? You're just making shit up now. <laughs> Remember, People Morse code addressed awesome to Box Cutters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, uh, give Skull on the Box Cutters line. And for telegraphs, send. Anyway, go on. Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. I'm John Richards. I continue to be Brett Cropley, though in a kind of manic state. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. Cutters thanks 3RRR, whose studios we use to record this podcast pretty much each and every week. Find them on the web at rrr.org.au or 102.7 FM if you're in the Melbourne metro area. If you enjoyed this podcast, please go onto the iTunes Music Store or anywhere else you find us and leave a review. It will help other people find Box Cutters and then they can enjoy it too. Email us at hooray at boxcutters.net or via SMS on 0458 288 837. That's 0458 Cutter. So, are we going to do the real show now? Yeah. We've done the practice show. That was best rehearsal ever. And now we'll do the real show. So, costumes, lights...
Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Cutters.